Welcome, everyone, to uh, today's sermon uh, by Creed Hensley. Um, for those of you who are new, just passing by right now, our sermon series is Gospel Stories, where his story meets yours. And by that, I mean where his story meets mine. Today, we're going to be talking about a story from my life, and hopefully you guys can learn something from what I've experienced, maybe learn it a little easier than I had to learn it. So let's see if this thing works. It does. Today we're going to talk about money. I like talking about money. Uh, a lot of time, a lot of times when you have a sermon about money, people get a little like on edge. I don't like to talk about money, but this is going to be a fun one. At least I hope so. I'm preaching it, so how awful can it be, right? <laughs> so try not, try not to be too tense. I'm not going to ask you for your money. Although if you want to give me some money, I will surely take it because who wouldn't? Um, the story that I'm going to tell you starts in 2006. <laughs> so if I can take you back there, uh, here are some popular things from that time. Uh, v for Vendetta had just come out, had just shocked the world. Uh, Talladega Nights didn't come out until this story had already started a little bit, came out in August. So the world did not yet know the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Uh, and exactly, thank you. And I think that's important to note here. It, it factors heavily in a story. Um, of course, Snap Yo Fingers by Lil Jon had premiered then, and that was my jam, as you can probably tell. Uh, TV shows that premiered in 2006, Dexter, 30 Rock, Heroes, all great shows. If you haven't watched them, please do. Another one, Jericho. I didn't put it up there because not many people know about it, but post-apocalyptic, great show. Go watch it. Money, not a factor. In 2006, I graduated high school. Right? So I was a senior in high school, and like most seniors in high school, especially ones as brilliant as 2006 Creed, had already selected a college to go to. I'm sure many of you guys remember this because you're all very young like I am, so it was very recently that, uh, that you were in high school thinking about college. At the time, um, I remember actually sitting in my calculus class, because again, very brilliant, smart guy up here, talking with my other uh, co-students, my, my peers, about what college we were going to go to, and I thought I was going to Hiram. Um, there's a little picture of the campus, beautiful campus. I always like to joke that Hiram is like in, at four corners. Like where those four corners meet, there's a college and then a few houses, and that's pretty much it. Like there's nothing in Hiram. But it's great because it was like an hour away from home, so my parents can't just show up out of the blue. Um, I like... I like greenery in campus, so I thought I was going to go there. Um, but there was one small problem. I had not figured out how to pay for it. Now, even back then, college was insanely expensive, as I'm sure you're aware. And me, in my infinite wisdom, decided that the best way to try to figure out how to pay for college was to do nothing and play video games. And surely, God would provide. <laughs> so... It should come as no surprise that in late July slash early August, when I had discovered God had not provided for my college <laughs> education because I had done nothing to try to get it, uh, I was in a bit of a jam. You see, Hiram cost, I think it was going to cost me like 20 grand to go. Um, I don't know if you know a whole lot about me, but I am not rich. I do not have that kind of money, and I did not have that kind of money then. So... Doing what I thought was best, I went ahead and withdrew in shame and decided to enroll in Wayne College. 
Now, Wayne College, despite this aerial view, uh, is a very small campus. I used to actually joke that it was called Wayne High School um, because it was pretty much high school plus. There was one building, um, people, like, I guess the only bonus was you got to drive there. I don't know. I didn't drive in high school, so, like, that was new for me. But being the arrogant man that I was, I was deeply shamed because I had gone to a local community college instead of a private school like my intellect deserved. <laughs> so I went to Wayne, right? Um, I would like to tell you, in order to make this story better, that I was, like, upset with God and praying all the time. Why could you do this to her? How could you do this to me? But that just wasn't my style. I don't get riled up a whole lot, so... I took, I tried to make the best of it, tried to learn something along the way, met some great people, of course, um, and started my college education there. Now, originally, the time, or my plan was, right, uh, Wayne was cheap enough that I could just max out some student loans and make it through. Uh, I figured I'd probably transfer to, like, the main branch, because it's just a branch of Akron, um, and finish it out there. Uh, again, a little, a little humbled there, though, because I had a very exalted view of myself, and it was kind of getting challenged here. Um, fast forward a little bit, and sometime in January of 2007, uh, a friend of mine's dad said, hey, why don't you check out Mount Vernon? And I said, I don't know. Okay, sure. Um, I guess we'll click a slide here, so that way we can get a map and a nice pretty picture. Now, I don't want to say that Mount Vernon is God's school, but surely if Christ came back and lived in Northeast Ohio, question. Yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't finish ty typing that out. I don't like to say all those words because there's a lot of them. Um, it's a Nazarene university, and that's why if Christ came back to Northeast Ohio, he would surely go there and definitely not Malone. So <laughs> get, get wrecked, all the Malone people. What was that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was a that was a big part of that. So, um, shout out to all the Nazarenes. Um, thank you. So I, I checked it out. Right, um, it's, it's kind of in a similar boat as Hiram. It's an expensive school. Um, I didn't really have the work ethic, surprise, to uh, to like find scholarships and apply for them and you know write a 500 word essay. It's a lot of work to do. It's busy playing video games. So. I tossed it up to God and said, hey, if you want me to go there, you figure it out because I'm lazy. Um, and sure enough, he actually, he did. I remember um, at the time I was working in a restaurant and like we were supposed to be at the, at the college on Friday to move in. So Thursday was my last day. I'd put in my two weeks notice, said goodbye to everybody, come home. My mom had a bunch of like stuff for me to pack and get out of here because she was sick, sick of seeing me around there. Um, and I drove down on Friday, not having all of my finances figured out, but generally being compelled that this was probably where I was supposed to go. Um, this story, I think, is, is, is an easy one to see where God was working because it was so far in the past that I can see all of the ramifications of what's happened. That Friday, um, I had met my future wife's roommate, and we played a game of cards, the next day, so the first full day at the school, I met my future wife, and we had our meet cute, and from there, the rest was history. So now, 10, 11 years later, I don't even know how long it was because I'm not good with numbers. Um, 
that many years later, I can tell you, God definitely wanted me at Mount Vernon. Um, God definitely wanted me to go to college, to, to get a higher education, but more specifically, he wanted me to take the path that he did in order to get there. If I would have gone straight to Mount Vernon, I probably never would have met Desi, because again, video games, love them. I just sit in my room and play them all the time. I am a young male, so that's what we do. I want to toss up, though. There's a few things about this story that we shouldn't learn. Um, there, there's a lot of easy traps to fall into when we're talking about money, and I want to make sure that you don't fall into them. First thing, God wants everyone to go to college. That's not something you should learn out of this. That's not true. Um, obviously, a man who is so incredibly intelligent as myself should be fine-tuned in a college campus, but that just because you do not have my intellect does not mean that you are not valued. Everybody is important for their own talents. My talent just happens to be I'm so bloody brilliant. God wants everyone to find a spouse. That's, that's a fallacy. That's, that's not true at all, right? Many of the biblical figures didn't have spouses, so why would you... Uh, don't try to learn that from this story because it's not true can only lead to heartache if it's not supposed to be true for you. In addition, God will pay for anything you want to do. Now, in my story, everything just kind of worked out. Um, even disregarding uh, many of the other financial struggles that I had along the way, things worked out financially for me, not because I wanted them to, but because God wanted them to for me, right? So God wanted me at Mount Vernon, so he gave me the money to go there. And by that, I mean he gave me a lot of student loans so that I could carry them for the rest of my life. <laughs> Thanks, God. Um, but I made it through that story, or through, through that experience, I met the love of my life right there. Um, and it, it, all, it all worked out. Um, it's Ken. It's, yeah. It was a long, windy path, Ken, but we made it. Yeah, right? If that's not a flashing neon sign that we're meant to be together, disregard the marriage and the kid. Ah. Um, so anyway, things that you do want to learn from this is that God pro will provide what you need in order for you to accomplish what he wants you to do. Now, spoiler alert, for the most part, God doesn't want you to start following him and immediately die. That's usually not his plan. It can be. I don't know. I don't presume to know what God's plans are. And the reason that I bring this up is because uh, I think that we tend to get worried about the things that threaten our well-being, uh, threaten maybe our homes or our, our uh, ability to find food or stuff like that. And we think that maybe God has forsaken us because you cannot immediately see how we are going to be provided for in our current situation. Um, God's going to bring you through what he wants to bring you through. Uh, and he's going to let you suffer with the things that he wants to let you suffer. But ultimately, it will be for his glory. I guess that's the comfort here. Now, the, the verses that I cherry-picked in order to uh, go ahead and solidify my point are these right here. So surely, what I am saying is biblical. So I'm going to read them for you because I hate reading them to people. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Thank you. Um, I've gotten the feeling, not necessarily from people like in this room or anything, but just with people I've interacted with before, that these verses uh, are tend to be used as sort of like a mantra, something to repeat to yourself to try to convince yourself that God is looking out for you. Um, I've never gotten that from these verses. Uh, to, to me, like, this is one of the things that God promises you, so you shouldn't have to worry about it anymore, right? Spend your energies focusing on something else, because like I said, what God wants to bring you through, he's going to provide for. It's trivial for him to give you the resources you need to get through the things that he wants. What he wants for you to do is to just choose to follow him. Instead, focus your efforts on that part. It'll work a lot better. Now, one of the other things that I was going to throw out there, um, just, I guess, a little bit in passing, is I, would, I was going to throw in a line here about how, like, providing for college wasn't the only financial thing that I've had happen throughout my life. That's probably the first big one that I've noticed, right? Since that was, like, the first time I was really, I was an adult, at least, at least with quotation marks and not, uh, not still a kid. So it was the first big financial problem I had, and I've had a lot since then. Um, I was just going to throw out that line, but I was showing Desi the exact manuscript of the, what I was going to say today, which is totally right here. Um, and she mentioned to me, she's like, well, what about this event? What about that event? What about when we got married? What about our car? What about, I'm like, okay, yes, I get it. I can't tell all those stories. Um, what I thought was just, what I kind of thought was true, she had reinforced in me, is very true. I've had so many financial problems. God's brought me through all of them. Some of them were self-inflicted because I wasn't good with money, but I like to think I am now, so thank you. Um, some of them weren't self-inflicted. Some of them are just things that happened to me, no real control over. But all of them, all of them I've been through. And I'm sure that every one of you, if you really sat down and thought about it even a little bit, you could pull out four or five or six or a dozen or a hundred events that have happened throughout your life where finances seemed shaky and then turned out okay in the end anyway. It's those types of stories that you, you need to remember whenever you come upon new financial struggles. Because, spoiler alert, they're going to work out the same way unless God wants you to die. <laughs> I have no comfort for that. So, um, some of you might be aware, probably not everybody, I, I keep this pretty low-key. Uh, right now, I work for NASA. Um, again, real smart guy, so of course I have a real smart guy job, work at NASA. I build systems and stuff, you know, no big deal. I'm just going to help somebody get on Mars, whatever. <laughs> when I originally was thinking about this sermon, this was before, uh, about two months ago, does anybody w remember what happened about two months ago? <laughs> I sure do. 
the government shutdown. And by the government shutdown, I mean NASA no longer, NASA among some other agencies, no longer had any money in order to function. So we all had to sit at home and not do anything. Now, the good part about this story is it happened three days before Christmas. So we totally weren't worried about money at that point. And the other good part about this story is we had just bought a house. So definitely had an abundance of cash sitting around for such an event. Um, I think I've, I've told some of you, nor, like your normal reaction is to freak out a little bit, right? And especially the way that this event went down because in my world, right? shuts down right before Christmas, I think to myself, well, okay, they're not gonna meet in during Christmas, but maybe between Christmas and New Year's, we'll get something resolved, put back together, the government will open up, I'll be back in work again. That week comes and goes, no funding bill. Then I'm like, ah, maybe the next week, it'll totally happen, it's not gonna happen on New Year's Day, but probably the day after New Year's, that's what they said, it's totally gonna happen, you can trust a politician. <laughs> and then the next week came and went, and it totally didn't happen. And then the next week comes and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like going on a really long time here. Maybe I should start freaking out. But because I am so wise, I thought, <laughs> Creep, you've had many, many uh, struggles like this before. It's probably going to work out. There's no need to worry about it. And then my wife said, Hey, we should probably come up with a plan. And I said, Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> we need to figure this out right now. I didn't tell it to her like that, but that was like the inner voice going on in my head. It's like a duck on the pond, right? So this story is, is, is different from the earlier story because the earlier story, I had the benefit of time to figure out what it all meant. Of course, I was supposed to go to Wayne to learn how to not be so arrogant. I kind of got it, but not, not really. Of course, I needed to spend extra time in another school so I could meet Desi on the first day at Mount Vernon. So all this stuff makes sense. I don't, have that, I don't have that luxury here. I can't tell you what, what this was supposed to have meant to me, right? But I do know one thing I've learned. Sometimes, or every time, God provides for you what you need in order for you to accomplish what it is that he wants you to accomplish. Um, but sometimes he provides it through other people. And so sometimes you are supposed to be providing your excess to those around you. Um, I think this feeds into how we're called to be a generous people, right? Um, but the thing that surprised me about this is I had a non-zero number. Use that word. You sound real smart. It's a math guy thing. Non-zero, right? Great word. Love that word. Favorite word. There was a non-zero number of people in this church who offered to help us out financially. And by offered, I mean they came up to me and gave me money knowing that we were probably not going back to work anytime soon. Now, the moral of this story is not stick around in this church because people give you money. The moral, <laughs> the moral of this story is that you guys demonstrated, the, the ones here that, that were able to, had demonstrated a generosity to me that I think is required to be a good Christian. And so I want to commend you for having done so. Thank you for what you've done. Uh, and in an effort to not ruin the treasures in heaven that you are going to get for that, also, screw you. You jerks. So, good work on that. Also, I hate you. Please take your treasures. So, that's, um, that's pretty much it for my sermon. Um, again, if I can reiterate my point, God will provide for you what he wants to see you through. So there's no point in thinking about it because it's just going to happen. It's not like it takes a lot of effort on his part in order to make that work. 
All it takes is for you to trust him and give it a little bit of time, breathe a little bit, you'll make it through. Unless he wants you to die. <laughs> so now we're